0: This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. What a blessed time in the presence of the Lord this morning. I want to thank Isaac and the worship team as they led us in uh, such appropriate songs uh, for our service this morning. Our God is truly a God who makes a way uh, where there seems to be no way. And when we go through challenges, it really is uh, the perfect opportunity for God to move and to work. And I've been asking the Lord what to speak to you about today. And uh, this is what the Lord has laid on my heart. I would like to ask you if you would please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. If you don't have your Bibles, uh, why don't you hop right on up and go grab them, and uh, you'll, uh, you'll be glad that you did. It's great to be able to dive into the word of the Lord and, uh, and to read it for yourself. So I'm going to read uh, from Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 1. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel, The one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. And I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid for I am. I with you. Would you join with me now right there in your home and let's welcome the presence of the Lord into this time as we dig into his word. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to look into your word and to allow the light of your word to shine upon us. I pray for your anointing to make clear your heart and that each one of us will have ears to hear what your spirit wants to say to us today. We thank you that when we listen, we can hear your voice because you desire to speak to your people. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about walking a difficult journey and one of the stops along the way, which we see here in Isaiah chapter 43 in verse 2, God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And so I want to unpack that for you this morning as we look at walking through or going through deep waters and God's promise to you and to me that he will be with us. Now, when I lived on the island of Martha's Vineyard for about seven years, uh, every time we would go to the island and every time we would leave, we would pass by this place called the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, and uh, it was in Falmouth, and then they have a, a port in, uh, in Woods Hole. They have a large ship, and they have all kinds of really cool stuff that they use to study the ocean, and uh, we... We look out across the ocean and we see what our eyes can see. But there is so much that is not visible when you stand at the seashore and look out over the ocean. And so I want to invite you to come with me this morning to the beach. And we are going to not only look out over the water, but we are going to go under the water and we're going to look at some key parts of what is involved in going through deep waters. The ocean is divided up into five layers. Of those five layers, the first three are directly labeled and uh, and set in order based upon the amount of sunlight that permeates down into the water. So I want to take a little stroll with you in looking at, Uh, the depths in the ocean. So the first layer in the ocean is called sunlight. It's the sunlight layer, and it's from the top of the water down to approximately 600 feet. And in that layer of ocean, uh, the temperatures, obviously it depends on where you are, but can be as high as 72 degrees. And And at that level of the water, the water pressure is approximately uh, 14.7 PSI at the very top and then at the bottom of that layer, which is the 600 foot part, uh, the pressure there is 283 PSI. And uh, the pressure uh, continues to rise as you go down. In fact, for every 33 feet that you go down in the ocean, the pressure increases about another 15 pounds per square inch. And so, as you go down 33 feet of water, it's the same as adding a whole nother entire thickness of the atmosphere above us. And the pressure increases the deeper that you go. The next layer is called the twilight layer. This layer is uh, from the 600 foot mark down through 3,300 feet. The temperature there is, uh, can range anywhere from the top part which is about 68 degrees all the way at the bottom of that to about 41 degrees once you get down to 3,300 feet below. The pressure in this layer uh, is from 283 pounds per square inch all the way up to 1,400 pounds per square inch at the lower level of the twilight layer. In this layer of the ocean, photosynthesis is not possible. Photosynthesis is, for many of you who who know this, uh, photosynthesis is the process by which the green plants and some other organisms, they use sunlight to synthesize foods from carbon dioxide and water, and oxygen is generated as a byproduct. But in this layer, the twilight layer, because the sun is barely getting through, uh, there there is no photosynthesis that is happening, and there is very little light. Very little light. Then we come to layer number three. Layer number three is called the midnight layer of the ocean. And this is under 3,300 feet. Now, there are two other layers beneath that. But from this layer all the way down to the depth of the ocean, there is complete darkness. Even though the sun is shining completely bright above, no light will make it down to below uh, this or to this uh, particular layer of the ocean, and this uh, in this layer of the ocean, the temperature uh, ranges from forty-one degrees to thirty-five degrees, not very far from the freezing level. Very cold water in the midnight layer of the ocean, and as far as uh, pressure goes, look at this. It's uh, but in these layers or in this layer. It, it ranges from 1,400 pounds per square inch. And then the deepest part of the ocean that uh, they have discovered is in the last layer. So we have the midnight layer, and then we have the abyss layer, and then we have the trench layer. At the bottom of the trench layer, the pressure is approximately 17,500 pounds per square inch, and uh, God has made it so that only certain things survive in that level of pressure. It's amazing uh, that they have found certain animals that actually thrive in the lower areas, uh, in these lower layers, although it's few, definitely uh, not nearly the amount that are in the upper layers, uh, but something that would so quickly take our lives. uh, These little creations of God survive and thrive in, in these layers. God's handiwork is amazing. But even with all that we as human beings know and can do, there are limits. Um, to what we create as it relates to handling pressure. Uh, in fact, I wanna go back up uh, to layer two, which is a twilight layer. And on April the 10th of 1963, one of our uh, submarines, the USS Thresher, this was the second submarine named after the Thresher shark, uh, this, uh, on this day, uh, the submarine sank during a deep diving test about 220 miles east of Boston, Massachusetts. Killed all 129 crew and ship uh, personnel on board and it was the second deadliest submarine incident on record. Uh, They believe that Thresher, the submarine imploded uh, because of the pressure at a depth of between 1,300 to 2,000 feet. Now go down with me back to layer number three. It was Saturday, May tenth, two 2014, and uh, one of the vehicles that actually was sent out from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute was a hybrid remotely operated vehicle, and it was called Nerus. It was uh, doing a special scan of the trench northeast of New Zealand. And uh, this unmanned vehicle was doing this research and it was at the depth of 6.2 miles. And at 6.2 miles, they lost communication with this vehicle and found that it had imploded and it was not able to withstand the pressure of the ocean. Um, and they, 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 they believed that it was pressure at that point about 16,000 pounds per square inch. Now, if you go all the way to the bottom layer of the ocean, (coughs) in the abyss layer, the floor is covered with mud. This mud is made up of skeletal remains of small sea animals. And in some places of the ocean floor, this mud can be up to a mile thick. Now, I want to leave the ocean for a moment. And I want to talk to you about the relationship between deep waters in this world in which we live, in the ocean, and compare it to deep waters that you and I walk through. Having had the privilege to go to Israel and be in the place where Jesus was held before he would be crucified, I stood in this underground area. It was a very dismal area. It was a place where uh, those who were awaiting um, their sentence would be placed for the night. And Jesus spent the night in this place where I stood. And, and as we stood down in this place in a very dark place. And uh, Psalm 88, I want to read that for you at this time. And and I want you to think about these words. In verse 1 of Psalm 88, it says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you day by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and like, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit and into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Now as we continue to read this, I want you to just think about some of these prophetic words that have been spoken here. You see, in the middle of all of this, Jesus took our place. And as we read, we see that Jesus was very close uh, to death here. He, had, he knew what was going to happen. And even all of Jesus' friends were not around him at this point. In fact, you remember how, how Peter denied Christ and how he was uh, unwilling to identify with Christ. And, uh, and Jesus found himself in a place that was very dark and very lonely. Uh, Verse 10 goes on to say, Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you, I will keep on pleading day after day. Oh, Lord, why do you reject me, and why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. Listen to these words. You have taken away my companions and loved ones, and darkness is my closest friend. Wow. Deep waters. Now, that might not sound all that uplifting, but we're not done yet. I want to uh, remind you of the promise of the Lord. Let's go back to verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 43. And he says these words, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. I will be with you. So when we deal with these challenges of life, we cannot ignore them. We go through difficult situations and circumstances and going through deep waters is very difficult sometimes. Going through deep waters brings us through these various layers like the ocean, and I want to review those with you because I don't know where you are. Maybe you're on the sunlight level, but it's also possible that you could be way down in the midnight or the abyss or even in the trench. And I have good news for you today because no matter how deep you go, God says, I will be there with you. So let's look at this, all right? So the deeper you go in the ocean, the less light there is and the more darkness that surrounds. And sometimes it's that way in our spiritual walk. Sometimes it's that way in how we feel and the circumstances that we may be going through. And what I like to compare this uh, this part to is... Uh, with the light kind of getting dimmer and the darkness seeming to get even more intense, that these can be moments when we go through limited foresight. We're not sure of our direction, and we may not exactly see the vision that is ahead for us. This is a part of deep water. And then the next is, the deeper you go in the ocean, the the less oxygen is available. And when I think about oxygen, I think about, what really is critical to keep us alive. And uh, I would like to make the comparison to that this morning in grasping for what keeps us alive as hope. And sometimes when you're going through deep water, you could potentially lose hope. The next is, is the deeper you go, the less nutrition there is. The nutrients in the layers get less and get more scarce. And in our lives, as we go through deep waters, there are times when it can be harder to feel spiritually satisfied. You ever been there? Where you're crying out to God and you're wondering where he is because you don't feel his presence like maybe you once did. That's deep water. It's times when you are experiencing a lack of of, uh, feeling generally satisfied spiritually. And as we go into deep water, we can miss that feeling of spiritual satisfaction if we aren't keeping our focus on the promise of the Lord. But these are real-life situations, just like as you go down in the ocean— you are inevitably going to experience each and every one of these realities. The deeper you go in the ocean, the colder it gets. And what I want to compare that to is affection you know sometimes when you're wanting to be able to express your love to someone you want to give them a hug and and you want and of course we're limited in that now aren't we but as uh, you, you want to probably do that even all the more and uh, to be able to reach out and express your love to somebody and uh, sometimes what happens in these deep waters is that affection is harder to give and harder to receive Because in deep waters, you can be going through something that is so difficult. It is so pressing on your spirit that it actually takes extra effort to give affection to somebody else. Because you are in sometimes survival mode, just trying to maintain because you're in deep water. You're in deep water. And when you're in this deep water, it's not easy in dealing with a level of warm affection because sometimes it's not present. And then the deeper you go, the less life surrounds you. You go down in the ocean, you find less life. And I want to make the comparison this morning for you and me in our deep water experiences that at times we can go through a deep sense of loneliness. The deep sense of loneliness. You ever been there where you feel like you're the only one? Uh, You might remember that Elijah felt that way and he cried out to God. And God said, don't worry, Elijah. I've got 7,000 others. You just don't know about them. But when we're in the middle of it, we feel like we're it, don't we? I know there have been moments I have been there. Intense loneliness, deep waters. God knows deep waters. And he understands every single layer, not just of the ocean that he created, but of you because he created you and he knows everything that you go through. He knows your deep sense of loneliness at times. And then also the deeper you go in the ocean, the more pressure you experience. In fact, they're still working on trying to get these different types of devices down deep enough to see what is going on way down at the depths of the ocean, and they are having trouble doing it because of the pressure. And oh, isn't it true that when you go through deep water, the pressure mounts, the stress mounts, things get more difficult, And also, sometimes it seems, doesn't it, like when one challenge happens and another happens right after it, and it's like it compounds the pressure and the stress when we're going through deep waters. But God said, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. So when you're dealing with limited foresight, limited direction, and limited vision, God's answer is, I'm with you. When you're dealing with grasping for air, the air of hope in your life, God's answer is, I'm with you. When you're dealing with a very difficult time feeling spiritually satisfied, when you feel like you're walking through a spiritual desert, God's answer to you is, I am with you. When it seems like you're not receiving the affection that you'd like, or even that it's hard to give it to somebody else, God's answer is, I am with you. And when you are going through a time of loneliness where it seems like maybe no one else understands what you're dealing with, maybe you feel you can't even share it because you're not sure it'll even be understood. Be assured of this, that God knows exactly what you're going through. And in your loneliness, God has made you a promise. He has said to you that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And he has said to you that when you go through these deep waters of loneliness, he says, I am with you. And also when you're going through an increased time of stress and of pressure, And when it seems like things are not going very well, you can also be assured in the middle of the pressure when things are not easy that God's promise is true that he will be with you. When we look at dealing with the moments where we really can't see clearly, it seems like our world is getting darker. Uh, our, our personal world. I'm not talking about the world in general. I'm talking about your world. I'm talking about what's going on in your life, your relationships, your mind, your spirit, your body. And I want to read these words to you from Psalm chapter uh, 143. So, See, I love the word of God because it's very real. It doesn't make things look away just to, uh, to kind of smooth it over. It deals with real life and God deals with us, and we are real people. And in Psalm 143, verse four, it says these words, "'I'm losing all hope. "'I am paralyzed with fear. "'I remember the days of old. "'I ponder all your great works, "'and I think about what you've done. "'I lift my hands to you in prayer. "'I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. "'Come quickly, Lord, And answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I will die. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning, for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk, for I give myself to you. The psalmist wrote those words. And I have no doubt that he went through very difficult moments. He had to have to say, I'm losing all hope and I'm paralyzed with fear. But I love how the Word of God always brings the reality of God's promises back into the picture. And he says, Lord, I want to hear your unfailing love every morning. I'm trusting you. And then he says, show me where to walk. Show me what to do in the midst of very dark times. I look to you because even though it may be just a glimmer, I know that you will direct my steps. Psalm 119, 105. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalm 139, verses 11 and 12. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, listen to this, friends, even in darkness, I cannot hide from you because to you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Oh, praise God, when all the lights go out, God's got great vision. He can see in the dark. He sees everything that's going on. When you feel like you can't even mentally put it together, don't worry about it. He's already got it together. He knows what's not only happening now, but he also sees in the future. And the Bible tells us that our God is a God who provides in advance because he sees what's coming down the pike in the future. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and you will see that God will come through for you, even when you are going through deep waters of darkness. Proverbs 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Anybody have, anybody had that before? You were just hoping for something. You were truly hoping with everything that was within you and everything took a wrong turn. Makes you sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. I wanna talk to you about hope. You may recall in Isaiah, or Ezekiel rather, chapter 37, during the whole wonderful time when God was going to breathe life into dry bones. But I want to read this scripture from that context, and then we'll explain. In Ezekiel 37, verse 11, it says, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, We have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. But notice, it says they are saying. That wasn't what God was saying. Because God was wanting to breathe life. And in fact, God told Ezekiel that he was to take certain steps. And as he took those steps of obedience, God would do something supernatural. And life would once again enter into those old dry bones. But I want to say that what was happening was these people, they were telling themselves, my hope is gone, our nation is finished. What are you telling yourself this morning? What are you telling yourself about your life, about your family, about your walk with God? Is it the same thing God is saying? Or are you convincing yourself of something based upon how you feel right now. You may be going through deep waters. And when you're in deep waters, remember that the pressure is great. And you need to be cautious about making big decisions in deep water. You need to allow God to do his work in those deep waters and then, when you come out of those deep waters, then you will have confirmation of the Lord as you move forward in whatever He has for you. But don't allow the circumstances around you to dictate to you what you tell yourself about yourself because you may be wrong. In other words, just like the people were saying, there's no hope, our nation's lost, it's finished. That was not what God was saying. In fact, God would have said the exact opposite. There is hope. There's hope for the nation. And for you this morning, God says to you, there is hope for you. Let's turn now to Psalm chapter 42, verses 5 to 8. This scripture has often encouraged my heart. The psalmist writes, Why am I so discouraged and why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to the God who gives me life. I have often come back to the point that even if everything went wrong around me, I don't make myself live. He does. And see, when you come to that point and you say, wow, if I did everything I can to keep myself alive and God did not give me another heartbeat, I'd be done. But when you realize that you can just trust in the Lord and rest in him, then you can just kind of fall back and not allow the circumstances to throw you off course. Let's turn to Romans chapter five. We're focusing on hope. Romans chapter five, verses three to five. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope, will not lead to disappointment. Praise God. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And Psalm chapter 10, verse 17, Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will hear their cries and comfort them. Psalm 33, verse 22. Let your unfailing love surround us. Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Psalm 62, verse 5. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. You don't have to turn to all these verses, but more than anything, I want these to settle deep down in your spirit. So if you have to just listen, you don't have to... Flip the pages too quickly. Just allow these words to settle deep in your spirit this morning. Psalm 119, verse 14. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You probably have memorized it. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12, come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. Isn't that wonderful? In the midst of all that we go through, God is such a beautiful way of blessing us in spite of going through deep waters. And God says that he would give double for every trouble. In Romans chapter 15, verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. See, as you allow the Spirit of God to work in you, not only will it affect you, but it's going to be affecting other people around you. It's going to overflow from you, and it's going to touch the lives of others. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Romans 12, 12 says, we rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Keep on praying. When we go through deep waters, God has told us that even when it seems like the oxygen of hope is being sucked out of our life, God's promise remains steadfast. And he says to us, I will be with you. And now I want to just talk to you a little bit about dealing with these times when we feel like we aren't easily spiritually satisfied. It's not easy when you spend time in the presence of the Lord and it feels like the heavens are brass. You feel like you're seeking the Lord and maybe you're not getting the answer that you have been hoping for. Or you don't sense his presence. Uh, I know for myself there have been times when I have sensed God's presence so incredible. And uh, it has been, in fact, there have been a couple times where it's been overwhelming. Overwhelming. Uh, But then there have been also times when, I'll be honest, I haven't sensed his presence in the same level. But God's promise remains the same, even in the midst of whatever I feel. God's promise and his faithfulness to his promise is not determined by how I feel. God's promise is steadfast. God is a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he will not change. And so when we deal with these times of not feeling Easily spiritually satisfied, what we have to do is persevere. Friend, don't give up because God has told us in His Word that everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks to Him, the door will be open. And to everyone who asks, they will receive. So we have to persist, we have to continue to pursue. And part of the test is will we stop when we feel like it's getting difficult, or are we going to press in and press on? That's very important. And you watch and see. You keep pressing on, and all of a sudden you'll experience that glorious presence of God once again, and it'll be awesome. But God does want to know whether you're serious or whether you're just following him because of how you feel. And the reality is, is that we have to go through these tests. And as we go through them and as we continue to seek the Lord, even when we don't feel like it, then we pass the test for the glory of God. In Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. See, the reality is, is that our nutrition comes from him. It comes from him. So your nutrition is not simply based on how you feel. Your emotions are not your nutrition, although sometimes we can feel that way. You know, we can feel like if I feel good, everything's good, but not necessarily. There are times where there are patients that are diagnosed with things, and they feel great. They have no idea that anything's wrong. And little do they know that there's something that's going on that they don't feel. See, so we can't go based on our feelings. We have to go based upon the Word of God. And as you do, then you're going to taste and see that the Lord is always good. He's always good. And as you continue to allow him to be your nutrition, then whether or not you feel the intensity of his presence will not dictate your level of pursuit, that you will continue to love him with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. When you go through the deep water of not feeling spiritually satisfied, God's promise to you is, I will be with you. And then we deal with the moments where affection is hard to give and it's hard to receive. In Psalm 88, as I read, in verse 8 to 9, you have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Now, don't be surprised if during these times where you are not receiving as much affection as you'd like or that you don't even feel like giving affection, during those times, God is doing a deep work in the deep water. And he knows how to do it. You know, for any of us who have had any kind of difficult uh, situation with our health, um, If we've ever, if any of you have needed to go through surgery, there's no doubt that if there was another way that you would have preferred uh, to do it other than surgery. That's not going to be your first option. Nobody goes and says, hey, if you could just find a way to do a surgery on me, I'd really appreciate that. No one's going to want that. But there are times when that's necessary. And when it's necessary, there is a pain in the cut of the surgery. But the purpose of that is to save you from something that is more detrimental. And what happens in these deep waters is that sometimes God does some surgical work that will actually help us and keep us from things that would end up being a detriment to us later on. So in the middle of things you don't understand, and it's okay if you don't understand them, God doesn't expect you to understand everything he does, but he does ask you to trust him. And as you trust him more and more, you'll find that he is trustworthy, that everything he says he will do, and that he indeed will be with you even in the deep water where affection is hard to give and hard to receive. Now, there are times also when we go through this deep sense of loneliness, going down in the deep waters to the layers where there's not a whole lot of life forms down there. God may bring you to a space in your life where you're not seeing a lot of action around you, and you may be a person that absolutely loves that. In fact, we're probably all dealing with a lot of that right now as it relates to not having a whole lot of interaction with people. So s- for some of us in this area, this hits really close to home. But, but for some of you, it's not just dealing with this physical distance now. For some of you, you have maybe have been dealing with this for a while, and your deep sense of loneliness is a lot deeper than just simply having to stay away from uh, people for a little while. You maybe are dealing with loneliness to the degree where you could be standing in a room filled with people, and you feel like you are completely alone. And to you, I want to say today, God identifies with you, and he knows exactly what you're going through. Listen to these words from Psalm 42, verses 9 to 10. Oh, God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief? Oppressed by my enemies, their taunts break my bones. They scoff, where is this God of yours? And uh, Psalm 88, verse 18 You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. It's in these times of loneliness where we cannot lean on somebody else. We cannot have them to provide the comfort that we might want, but these words from Psalm 73, verse 25, are whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth you see God does want to know where he fits in on this priority list and he would like to be number one and sometimes we may not even realize it but we put more confidence in our friends than we do in God and God wants to jostle that up a bit why because our friends can't do for us what God can do for us and so that's why it's so important that we keep that in order And so in a time of deep loneliness, remember this, that in the middle of that deep water, God's promise to you is, I will be with you. Now, you have to trust that because sometimes you don't feel it. But when you take that step of faith, you feel all alone and you say, God, I don't feel like there's anybody here with me, but I trust your word. And I believe that if you said it, it is true. So help me to hear your voice and help me to listen even though I may feel very lonely. And the last focus is during this time in the deep waters, there can be this great increase in stress. You know, a study was done and uh, it was actually, uh, the study showed that when stress was completely removed from people's lives, that it actually had the reverse effect and it wasn't as positive as a person might think. A certain level of pressure is necessary for us to be able to continue to grow. In fact, if you look at the pressure at the very top of the ocean, where you haven't even gone one inch below the water, it starts at just above 15 pounds per square inch. And that is the atmosphere pressure that you experience. And that's necessary for us to be able to live the way that God intended. So there is a right amount of stress that we need on a regular basis. And I use the word stress meaning something that is going to challenge us. Now, what happens is is that when that stress gets really intense, it's just kind of like the same thing as going down in the ocean. For those of you who have swum in a, swam in a deep pool, you know, you go to the deep end, and you go way down, and things can happen in your ears. And uh, I, I remember I was on a missions trip once, and I had gotten off the airplane. We got to the pool, and uh, we were in Santo Domingo, and I was um, – was so happy to get out there and just get in the water. It was super hot, and so I did a cannonball just to jump in for the first time, and uh, little did I know that the pressure in my ear apparently had not equalized, and the moment I hit that water, I heard a pop, and I tell you, uh, I experienced on that business trip some of the most intense pain that I have ever experienced in my life because of pressure, and uh, my tympanic membrane ended up um, uh, popping And uh, the nurses that were there with us did not know that it had popped, and so they were giving me these wonderful things to try to help it, which was actually causing the pain to be worse. But the Lord walked me through that. But um, when you're dealing with pressure, pressure can have an effect in a negative way if you don't understand how to deal with it. And so for some of you, maybe you're going through an intense time of pressure. You're dealing with stress and what happens as the pressure uh, pushes in, just like that submarine that was imploded because of the pressure, it was not able to sustain. Um, Just like that device that was going down into the trenches and it was looking to find out what was down there and it went so deep that the pressure imploded it. You and I have to have pressure from within to withstand the pressure from without, otherwise we're gonna implode. Friends, there are people all around this world that do not latch on to the pressure that God intended to counteract the pressure from without, and they end up imploding. It happens all around us. People who end up being sucked dry of the oxygen of hope in their life, and they come to the point to say, I don't need to be on this planet anymore. And God wants each and every person to know and understand that they are precious to him, they were made in his image, and he has a plan and a purpose for their life. God wants to bring hope back into every life. And as the pressure mounts, what we can do is we can all of a sudden think that that pressure is the same, that it's going to be that way for the rest of our lives. We go through these times, but in these times, we need to turn to God. And as we do, God brings pressure from within to counter out counteract the pressure from without so that we will be able to withstand. That's how these animals that live way deep down where our submarines would implode, that's how they survive because God has worked it out that they are made in such a magnificent way that they do not implode. God cares about you and he cares about the pressure and the stress that you're going through. The Bible says that greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. And so long as the pressure of God within us is greater than the pressure in the world, you're not imploding at all. In fact, the pressure inside of you is going to come out of you like living water, and it's going to impact the lives of those around you. Listen to these words from Psalm 61, verses 1 to 4. O oh God. Listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth I cry to you for help. When my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the towering rock of safety for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. Friends, when you go through the deep waters of pressure and stress, know this, God's promise remains the same. I will be with you, he says. James chapter 1, in verse 2, it says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Guess what? In the deep water, God is growing. He's growing your character. He's making you stronger. And if you'll allow him, he will help you so that the pressure will not dictate to you what you do, but rather that you will follow his lead regardless of the pressure, and he will give you the grace, the grace within to withstand whatever pressure comes from without. Maybe you're watching this morning and you would say, Pastor Joseph, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I'm not sure exactly where to start. I, I, I hear the promise that God will be with me, but I'm not really sure if he is with me. Friend, God loves you. God cares for you. And if you're watching this morning and you have never made a decision to ask Jesus to come in and to transform your heart, then I want to provide you with the opportunity today so that you can experience the power of God from the inside out. The Word of God says it this way, that with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess that God raised Jesus from the dead. And then as we do that, the Holy Spirit comes inside to live. And it transforms us from the inside out. In addition, our names are written in the book of life. And the Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when even one is saved. Friend, I don't know how you're feeling today, but I want to tell you your value. To God, you, just you, not the person sitting next to you, not your whole family, just you, you are more valuable than the entire world to God. And He loves you. Oh, you may go through deep waters, but if you allow Him, He'll go with you. But you have to be willing to invite Him. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning to ask Jesus to come in, to wash you of your sin, to make you a brand new person. If you're willing to do that, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And if you're willing to pray this prayer, right there where you are, would you just repeat after me? The Bible says that this transformation that is called being born again happens because of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray together, shall we? Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge today that I need you. Please forgive me for all the wrong things that I have done. Please wash me clean and make me a brand new person. Please write my name in the book of life. And please give me the strength to stand up against the pressure of the world to make right choices that will bring joy to your heart. I choose from this day forward to live my life in obedience to your word. I love you, Jesus, because you loved me first. In your precious name I pray. prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart then I welcome you warmly to the family of God I would love to communicate with you I would encourage you to send us an email to contact at clc413.com and we'd love to stay in touch with you if you don't have a Bible just let us know we'd love to make sure you get one because it's your life source the Bible says that we don't live by bread only but by every word that comes from God's mouth You need to read the Word of God, and you need to talk to God. And you need to get together with people who love Jesus. Right now, we're doing that over YouTube. So continue to gather together with people who love Jesus. And then when possible, in God's perfect timing, the next step for you is getting baptized in water. We want to provide you the opportunity to do that. Congratulations. For everyone else this morning, I want to have a word of prayer for you. Some of you, maybe you're walking with God and yet you are dealing with deep water. You see, just because you're walking with God doesn't mean you won't go through deep water. The promise was not that you won't go through deep water when I'm with you. He didn't say that, did he? He said, when you go through deep water, I will be with you. So no matter what you're dealing with, God wants to walk with you through all of this. And I want to pray for you. So I I want to take a moment now to encourage you to to rest in the Lord, just to relax, relax in the Lord. One of the challenges for lifeguards who are trying to save a drowning person is that if that drowning person is in a mode of desperate for survival and they don't realize that they need to calm down, they can actually cause damage and cause even the person trying to save them to drown. It's important that whatever is going on in your life, you turn to the Lord and rest in Him. Before the Israelites were rescued, Moses said to them, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, the enemy was behind. The Red Sea was in front. Mountains on either side, no way out. And yet he said, Stand still. Got nowhere to go anyways. You might as well stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So right now, this is a step of faith for you stop worrying and trust that even in the middle of these deep waters God is with you. And I'm going to ask you, if you're going through a deep challenge right now, would you reach out to the Lord and allow Him to pull you out? Would you allow Him to grab your hand and pull you up? This is a scripture I have often loved and not only memorized, but also I have put it into a visual. And it is when God says, I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, don't be afraid, I'll help you. So I want to give you this image, and sometimes I've done this just between me and God, and I hold out my right hand, and I envision God taking my right hand, and I grab his, and he says to me, Joseph, do not be afraid, for I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, don't be afraid, I'll help you. I want you to hear those words this morning if you're going through a little bit of a drowning time, it doesn't matter what it is, I'm going to ask you if you would be willing to take a step of faith. Would you raise your right hand to your heavenly Father? And would you say to Him, Father, I need some help right now. The water's really deep. It's dark down here. It's lonely down here. It's cold down here. I don't like it down here. But you said that you'd be with me. And so I'm believing your word and I'm calling out to you now. Would you please save me, oh God, from these deep waters? I'm going to pray for you, friends. But I'm also going to ask you not just to listen but to engage and in your own your own way would you open your heart to the Lord and would you would you hold up your right hand to your father? if you're going through a tough time, if you're going through deep water right now, allow him to grab your hand. Father every man and woman boy and girl that is watching this morning, that is feeling in one way or another that the waters are getting deep. They've gone from the upper level and the upper layers down, 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 and it feels like they're still going down. But I pray now in the name of Jesus for a resurgence of hope. I pray that they would sense your hand, oh God, reaching down and grabbing them from wherever they are and that you would gently pull them up, that they would come up out of the deep waters for it is your word and your promise that says that you, the Lord, our God, will. You will be with us in the midst of the deep waters. And we will come through and survive. And we will be victorious. And I thank you, O oh God, that we can lean upon your word. We can trust you that you will never fail us. And I pray that you would encourage every heart. I pray that you would give a breakthrough to those who are feeling overwhelmed by life circumstances right now. I pray that you would gently guide them through these deep waters. Bring them through. Lord, so that one day they may be able to give testimony. Oh, I was deep, but the Lord pulled me out and he sustained me. And when I thought I couldn't go any further, the Lord gave me the oxygen of hope. And I was able to continue moving on for the glory of God. Oh, Lord, I ask for your richest blessing upon all of your people this morning. And I pray that you would encourage their hearts this week. I pray that you would bless them. And that your word would always be at the forefront of their minds when they're feeling discouraged, when they feel like the psalmist said, depression setting in. Oh God, may they turn to your word as as their hope, as their life source and may they be strengthened from the inside out. Lord, I pray that this will be a victorious week. Not necessarily based on circumstances, but I pray that in the spiritual realm, I pray that there will be great breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. And then, I pray also that circumstances would indeed be changed by the power of God. And that your kingdom will come. That your will will be done on this earth, in our lives, and in our families, in our marriages, as it is already being done in heaven. Jesus' precious name. Amen. And amen.